Praise God. Is it well with you today? I'll do you all pass them out in a minute. If it's not, it can be. Praise God. Praise Jehovah. Um, our impact students can, can um, go back to the back now if they want to with, with Miss Grayson. They're going to have a wonderful time back there. Man, hey, let's give it up again for our impact kids, man. We have five kids receive Christ through our kids' crusade. I'm still pumping up about that. Man, praise God for five kids. Set them off on the right foot. Praise God. We are so excited that you're here today. See so many new faces, so many people here today. We're excited that you're here. We uh, are excited of what God's doing. Um, before I really get started with my message or anything, we, we are still praying for, for Jay O'Dell. He is in the hospital at New Hanover Hospital um, in ICU with pneumonia and, and um, battling um, COVID with that. And it, it's up and down a little bit here and there. But we went out to the hospital the other night and uh, pushed our, put our hands out that direction. We were standing at the flag, praying in that direction for about an hour, just praying, interceding, and singing, worshiping God, um, and uh, believing for God to do some great and mighty things. And he is. He's working. He's performing a miracle. And I'm praying hard. And I told God, be, I just told God, I said, God, I don't want a healing. I want a miracle. You know, I want God to do something miraculous. I want him to come out and, and have no, no lasting impact, no lasting issues, no, just come, you know, just come right out of that, you know, that glorious day, like I come right out of my grave, you know. And so we're just believing that God's going to do something special. There is a, a shield of faith out there, as I mentioned earlier. If when you go by, you, if you'll just sign it, even if you don't know him today, you know, he's a brother in Christ, and he's fighting, he's a warrior, he's our prayer, he's our prayer captain, as well as um, our, our marriage, one of our marriage um, small group leaders. And so um, just send an encouraging word or scripture or whatever out there, so we, I'm going to try to take it that to him on like Tuesday um, and um, I know there's probably more people that's not here today that wants to be a part of it and sign it but we're going to go ahead and send it to him just like so many people that couldn't be at the at the hospital I had you know 20 or 30 of you said that you would that you wanted to uh, uh, pray at home because you couldn't get out there so praise God for that um, don't forget tonight at 530 I need you I need you I need you I need you this is our biggest event yet probably it's probably our cheapest event because everything's being donated you know <laughs> But praise God for it. It don't matter. You know, but we, 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 have, we have, from the very beginning, I have said, we're not going to let the size of our church dictate the impact on our city. And we're going to love our city, and we're going to go after them on this Saturday, and we're going to give away clothes. We, um, we, got, we got Walmart in Fayetteville, and a, cl a clothes store in Fayetteville has donated like 18 bags of clothes. We got Walmart in Fayetteville that's donated like over 200 pairs of men, women, and girls' shoes for a dollar apiece. And so you, you wouldn't believe all the stuff that, that we got coming. We got 300, over 300 plates of food. Hot food is going to be here. Best Buy has, has given all kind of tech equipment like um, chargers and USB stuff like that for the college kids. Man, it's just going to be amazing. It's going to be drive-through, and we're going to give away everything that we can to whoever comes by. I done called and warned the police department. They had not called me back yet, but now it's on them because I done told them, hey, it's going to be lined up to the road. I'm, I'm just telling you, somebody needs to be out here. But we're going to do it. It's going to be a drive-through. It's going to flow through the parking lot, and um, we're going to not just give away. We're going to um, ask people, can we pray with them? And my ultimate goal is that people receive Christ and their lives are changed forever. You, you give away stuff and then, then what do you need? You, get, you got this stuff here. But what do you need in your heart? You know, then God can take care of that. And God's going to do that on Saturday. So please, today is so important. If you can, anyway, it'll all be here at 530 tonight so we can go through and go through the process and talk about what we're doing, how we're doing it, the process of what, what's going to go on. It's super important. If there's any way possible that you can be here to do that. And so we can go forward in Christ and um, do what God's called us to do, right? So we're excited about that. And then, and then don't forget, um, November the 6th is going to be our Funnel Cake Festival. We'll be telling you more about that later as well. So we're excited about Funnel Cakes, right? 
So today, uh, the title of my message is just called Go and Do. Just go and do. The Word of God, you know, says, says that, 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 that you're supposed to go into the highways and the hedges, right, and compel them to come, right? We're supposed to go out and get them and bring them in, you know? Sunday morning, I, I know a lot of y'all will be disappointed in this, but because but, uh, a lot of people just want something up here, but they want me to come up here and just preach all this deep stuff. Sunday mornings is, is for the sinner. Sunday morning is a time where, where we're supposed to bring sinners in and have a celebration. The, the, the adults are supposed to be recharged and reinvigorated and excited, you know, and I'm supposed to minister to y'all and minister to them, but they're supposed to get saved. And then we go during the week and we go to small groups and then we go into the deep depths of the Word and we get discipled there. You know, we have all kind of small groups that you can be a part of. We have one right here on Sunday morning right uh, at 9 o'clock from 9 to 9.30, all about the life of Paul that you can, you can get into. Every, you know, we have our marriage one. We have our young adult small group, um, and we have the, um, the teenagers on Wednesday nights, and we have, you know, uh, uh, the, the men. We have the mimic, the small men. We have the mimic group. We have all kind of stuff. We have all these groups. But anyway, we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But we want you to be a part. We want you to be able to grow. But, but also, we want to fill up our church with people who don't know Jesus. All the, everyone needs to see. Do you know there's somebody right now in Wilmington that is sitting at home that is going to hell that didn't go to church today and at least enough to fit up all these empty seats? You know? And not just these empty seats. Every empty seat in our city that's of church today. And we got to go out and compel them to come. That's why we do things like this. A giveaway. Don't cost nothing. We're not going to ask for no money. We're not even going to ask them to come to church. We're just going to say, we just love you. And if we never see you again, we want to pray for you. Amen? And then let God do the work. And then some may come back. And if, if, if people don't come back from that, God will send them from the north, east, west, and south. Right? They'll be coming from somewhere. So good to see so many, so many new faces today. We got a lot of new people here today and uh, new, get, new people that are family now. And if you showed up today and you want to be a part, hey, show up tonight, your family. Let's do this. Let's do it together. So I want to read something to you. I typically don't read from, I, the message translation is a, like a paraphrase. Okay, so I typically don't read that from my main, my main message. So if you want to go back and read that in King James and NLT, wherever you want to, you want to. But this right here, I, I went and looked at them, and they are. They, it, is, it, it does say the same thing. But I love, just love the way some of those words is in this. And I encourage you to go back and um, read it in its entirety in, in your, your choice of, of, of Scripture. And it's 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31. And, and it's a little lengthy, but I think it's very important for us to go through this whole process here today. I don't normally read this much scripture. You can easily, it says, you can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. The body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells. But no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives that we used to have independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which, the which he has the final say in everything. <clears throat> um, we, this is what the, the proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of a resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at the fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels once used to identify ourselves, like labels like Jews and, and Greeks, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. So we're the body of Christ now. Um, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all different, but similar parts are arranged and functioning together. If a foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand embellished in rings, 
I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If the ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive. I don't deserve the place on the head. Would you, not want, to remo- would you want to remove it from your body? If the body was all an eye, how could it hear? If it was all an ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into something, um, into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. See, I love that. I, when, I read that, that kind of, when I read that for the first time and I'm reading my scripture for this right here, that fired me up. <clears throat> for, let me read it again. For no matter how significant you are, I'm sorry, but I also want you to think about what this keeps your significance from getting blown up to self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you're a part of. Amen? Um, an enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, it'd be a monster. But, but we, we have one body with many parts. It's proper size and it's proper place. No part is important in its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you. Or a head telling a foot, you're fired. You, you're, um, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, it practices, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic, therefore the more necessary. If you um, live without an eye, for instance, you, but, but not without a stomach. When, when it's part of the own body you're connected with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible, clothed, higher, or lower. If you give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparison. If anything... You have more concern for the lower parts than the higher parts. If you had to choose, would you prefer good indigestion or full-bodied hair? Uh, I had to think about that one. But definitely indigestion. The, the, <clears throat> the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every, every part depended on every other part. The parts that we mention, the parts we don't, the parts we see, the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every part is involved in the hurt. And if one is healing, and if it, every part flourishes, and every part enters into exuberance. So that's why we all are in pain right now because of the fact that Jay is hurting. Because we're brothers and sisters. He's part of our body, him and, him and Sherry. You know, and, and, and we are hurting because of that. But when someone comes in and says, hey, I got a job promotion, or I got healed, right? We want to exuberate and be excited about that, too. We, 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 we rejoice when we need to rejoice, and, and we pray when we need to pray. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of the body, um, only when you accept that, let me read it again. That's why I don't read long scriptures. Only as you accept your part of the body does your part mean anything, Okay. So whenever you accept where you're at, then you become important in doing what you're supposed to be doing. Okay? You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in the church. While it is his body, he has apostles, prophets, preachers, teachers, um, workers, healers, helpers, helpers, come on somebody, helpers, organizers, come on, that, that who pray in tongues. Um, but the obvious by now is obvious by now, isn't it, that the Christ Church is a complete body and not a gigantic, undimensional part. It's not all our apostles. It's not all prophets. It all. It's not all miracle workers. Not all healers. Not all prayer in tongues. It's not all interpreter of tongues. And some of you 
keep competing for the so-called important parts. But now I want to lay out what is far better. And of course, you know, we go after that, we go into verse, I mean, to chapter 13, which is about love. And so each one of us, whenever you are important, but when you get connected into, you know, you, you know we had to get a big old huge, gigantic 230 amp uh, alternator for the van out there the other day. And thank you all for who gave to that. We appreciate that. We were able to do that. And so we have that, and that's an important part. It's a very important part because we can't run that van without that part. But that part by itself does nothing. It just sits there and it's heavy. But when we take that part and we put it into the, into the van, all of a sudden it brings life. You are an important part. I don't care if you're an usher, if you're a greeter. I don't care if you're a parking lot attendant. I don't care if you just help behind the scenes, if you help organize. You know, I don't care what, what's going on. I don't care if you just pray. I don't care what's going on in your life. If you, if you are, are serving the church, you're serving God in the church, um, you are super important. A hand by itself is just an, a body part. An eye by itself is just an already a body part. But, and if you have an eye, a hand, and ears, you know, and a nose together and a hat, then you've got a missed potato head, all right? Okay, but, but, but here's the deal. All the pieces are important. If you have a puzzle and you, put the, and you have a puzzle, you take one piece of that puzzle out. How many people have ever put a puzzle together that had 100 pieces or more and it was one piece missing, right? Is that not the most frustrating thing? Why? Because there's something missing. Every one of us is the piece of that puzzle, and you are important. We cannot complete God's picture for kingdom impact without you. And when a piece is missing, what do we go do? We go looking for it, right? Where is it at? Where is it at? We, you know, and whenever we have something, we can't help when people have to move. People move and they leave because of different things like that. But you know what? When somebody's missing and we know they're still here, they're just, not, they're just missing right now, we need to call them. Hey, you're important to us. We need you. We want you back. Where have you been at? Man, come be with us. You are, so, you are a piece of the puzzle. Each puzzle was unique in shape, color, and size. And Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Okay, he, 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 he knitted us. We were formed, and we're all different shapes. We all have different, different parts of the body. Some, you know, some, some are more the, 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 the mental part, and you learn about the, you know, Blake is incredible when we're in our, in our, our leadership groups, and he's really good with, with details that I overlook. You know, things are happening, and we have all this big stuff. I got this big plan. I got this big plan. He goes, have, have you thought about so-and-so? I'm like, ugh. No, Blake, I didn't. You know? You know, but then you got, you, then you got, you know, you got, you know, got Craig, and, and, he, and he's this, he's this uh, big old, him, he, he's, he's a strategist, and, and you, you know, you got Nick over here, and he's, he's this, this creative thing, and you got Mr. Laura, she's a prayer, she, she puts a blessing of God upon it, you know, and Daddy's an overseer, Daddy likes to oversee stuff and look at things and check things out, you know, you know, and then you, and you got Cynthia, she's a planner. If I have a, an event for outside, I'm like, hey guys, like, like the other week when we had the men's thing, y'all don't have to hardly ask for one thing. She had everything already prepared, ready to go. Because it's, that's how we all work together. That's why I love, love having a team like that. Because I have a lot of weaknesses. But I have teams, my team surrounds me with all my str strengths of where I'm weak. And, you know, and that's what, what you are. You are strength in an area that is weak. You know, no, no one piece is more important than the others. There's no big eyes, little use here. There's no eyes in we, right? And so let's, let's do that together. So I want to tell you really quickly, I want to tell you um, eight eight. In just a second, I'm going to tell you eight things that are blessings for those who serve. Then I'm going to tell you an old, old west story, and we're going to be done. All right? But first, I want to read 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11. God has given each of you a gift from a, a great variety of spiritual gifts. Do you know when you got saved that you received a gift from God? There was a gift in you for something, to, some kind of work for him? 
okay? Use them well to serve one another. He said, you got a gift. I gave you a gift. Don't hoard it. Don't bury it. Have it the, the, the parable of the talents, right? Don't bury it. Use it. Use it to serve one another. Not just use it. Use it to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. That's 1 Peter 4, 10, 10 and 11. See, we, but we, 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 we do the right thing. We know that lives matter. And so we, we chase promotions and we do try to get leadership positions. We tell our kid to, to go to college and go to school, get your education, go get your job, make as much money as you can and, and get your family and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's wonderful. That's fine. We need that. But, 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 but the thing is, is, is that's, that will only make a certain amount of difference. There's nothing wrong with wealth and influence. But those things alone were not made to change the world. We were made to build the church. We were made to, to make disciples. God, God give each one of us individual talents and personalities, you know, and, and, and skill sets. Um, and when Jesus comes in our lives, you know, uh, we, we all have, like I said, at least one spiritual gift that we have. Ephesians 4, 16 says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing, full of love. So when you work together, there's just something beautiful. There's something beautiful about coming together as a family. There's something beautiful about, about uniting together, right? So let me tell you these eight little blessings real quick because of the service. We've already talked about the first one, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's one of my points. Serving helps us develop our spiritual gifts. Whenever you, you have a spiritual gift and you start using it, you're, you start serving in the church and start doing things in the church, you are developing, you are working on that gift, Right? And you are able to do that. Whenever you, whenever you are, 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 are an athlete and you have an athletic gift, then how do you work on that? You go out and use that gift, and it, and it makes you better, right? Number two, here, here, here's what's so beautiful. The server gets to see the miracles. If, if you're not serving, you don't see the miracles. But if you're serving, you, well, what do you mean, Pastor Doug? Well, in John chapter 2, where Jesus was at the wedding of Cana, the people out there, the party people, they didn't get to see the miracle, they just say, oh, there's more wine. Oh, you saved the best for last. Oh, that's wonderful. They didn't see the miracle. Who saw the miracles? The servers. Oh, we, got, we ain't got it. We ran out of it. Oh, we got water. Okay, bam, now you got wine. Oh, wow. Gee, they, they saw the miracle. So when you were here and you're working and you're here Saturday, you're working, you're going to get to see that person get saved. You're going to see that person cry before you because you gave them something that they didn't think that we had and we had it anyway. You're going to see a child's eyes light up. You're going to see a college kid say, you know what, I'm in college, yes, but I got here on a, on a scholarship and I don't have no money and I appreciate it. I needed a USB. You, you know, there's all kinds of things that we're going to see hands up right there at us, but people out there in the world are not going to see that. You know, we're not going to, they're not going to see that. Number three, serving gives praise to God. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, so that in all things may be, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. When you serve, you are praising God. Serving is a form of worship. It's a way to express your gratitude towards Christ. Number four, when we serve like when we serve, we are more like Jesus, and our focus shifts off of us onto others. Because Jesus said to serve, right? So we, we need to shift our focus off of us and focus on others. Number five, team serving helps us spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Okay? 
whenever you're working alongside each other, it, it helps you bond with one another. You, you have a, a same experience. You ever went through something together and it bonded you because you were with somebody whenever you went through something? Well, that's what serving does with one another, you know. And, and like, like last week, you know, um, you know, Blake and Bruce were out there working on the thing. They had a bonding time out there. They got closer together because they, they were thinking, they were like, what are we going to do? We're going to need this right here. We need that. And they were working together, and they figured it out together and allowed God to help them and, and, and help them with what they were doing. So serving together helped them bond together. So serving is so important. And so Hebrews chapter 10, 24, and 25, it says, Spur one another on towards good love deeds, not giving up meeting together. But encouraging one another. We need to encourage one another. N number six, serving, when you serve, it's a faith increaser. It, serving gets you out of your comfort zone. We're going to need some people that, are just, that, that, that your job is just going to be pr just asking people what they need and praying for them. You know, we'll have somebody else that's going to be running. You know, be the runner. Somebody else is going to be the separator. Somebody else is going to be the organizer. Somebody else is going to be saying, hey, where's this at? Where's that? We're going to have, we have something for everybody. We'll even have some things that, that for people that say, you know, I can't do nothing but just stand there. You know, maybe move my arms. Well, we can do that too. We got something for you. But it'll move you out of your comfort zone and get you to doing something that you're not used to doing. But then after you get out of your comfort zone, you're out of your comfort zone, and you realize, hey, it ain't so bad right here. I was just, just, just being weak and not thinking I could do anything in here. Number seven, God's presence is experienced in new ways through servant, servanthood. Encouragement and healing go hand in hand. When you encourage somebody, encouragement brings healing. And then healing brings hope back to you and encouragement. When you're doing something, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of times that I've, I've been back there uh, counseling with somebody. And I've had something in my own life that I was dealing with. And I was counseling with somebody else. And as I encouraged them, I began to get healed in my own heart. Amen. Encouragement brings healing. Not only to them, but to you. And number eight, serving is soul food. Okay? Okay, studies, studies have shown, studies have shown that whenever you do service-minded events, that, that you can have, that, that your body responds, and it's good for your mind and your body to ease symptoms of pain, stress, and depression. Tapping into our personal gifts gives self-confidence and helps us. Serving others can be the best misdirection um, um, of our own worries. And you sit there, and whenever you, you, you're, you're, you're giving to somebody else, and it's, and it's helping you because of the fact that, that you're blessing somebody else, and you see the, their face light up. And also, we also see, you know what? Especially when you come here Saturday, and you, you see what you're going to see. You're going to say, my situation just ain't that bad. After I heard what I heard, I thought I was going through some bad junk. But you know what? After hearing what I heard today, God, thank you. Thank you for your blessings. Where before you thought it might have been a curse. You know, but we make excuses. I don't have time. I don't know what I would do. I don't have any special skills to communicate or contribute. They don't need me. I'll just be in the way. That's a lie, 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 lie straight from hell. That's not from God. We need you. You belong here. We need you. We want you. We desire you to be a part because we're going to make a difference in our, our city, and we want you to be a part of it so you could do that. The best way for us to do that is to serve our city, for us to, for us to pastor our city, for us to be, be, do that and minister to them and care for them. But the reality, you know, and you say, but I, I, just, but I don't have any, look, the Word of God tells us um, through, through looking at, at different scriptures, it portrays to us, it doesn't say, but it portrays to us that God equips the called, He don't call the equipped. You come and say, hey, 
just like I said, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. I'm here. I don't know what I can do. And then you realize that gift starts getting pulled up out of you. You realize you have more gifts than you thought you did. Okay, God used Moses. Moses couldn't even speak. He stuttered the whole time. Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and then the thing is, is and then God says, no, don't, you don't worry. Who made your tongue? I can help you. I, I can, I, I'll send Aaron I, if I have. I'll do whatever I need to do. You don't worry about it. All you got to do is say, Lord, send me. And then whenever Lord sends you, then, you, then he'll take care of whatever your inadequacies is, and he will fix that. And Moses still was able to go lead um, Israel out of Egypt. David, David was the youngest and the most insignificant in his family, the smallest and the ruddiest. Yet he came and he killed Goliath, and then he was crowned king. And everybody, all his brothers like, you're nobody, you're just a little punk kid. You're nobody, you're not going to mount to nothing, who are you, right? You know, the same way with, same way with, with Paul. You know, with that very first scripture I read in Corinthians was Paul. I love how Paul just puts it so beautifully. And how he just lays it out there, you know. And, and, and Paul was—he's a killer of Christians. He killed, he crucified and killed Christians and prosecuted all kind of Christians. But God says, you know what? But that, that doesn't matter. I still got—I still got a plan for you, you know. And, and then he came up, and all these people got saved, and he was—he ended up being one of the most regarded and prolific writers out of all of history. He's amazing. God doesn't, God doesn't just want to work through you. He wants to work in you. As you're working for others, He's going to work in you and help you with what you got. I'm amazed at, at, at airlines. Um, you know, you got the first class. Anybody walk through the first class and kind of, kind of walk like this through the first class? Like, I wish I could sit here, you know? You know? Um, and, and you sit there, and I've walked through before. And I've, I sat at the first class back in, in January because I had, we had to cancel our trip, and they gave us a, a credit. And so I used the credit to upgrade us on one leg. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Walking in, sitting in first class, you know, and, and then leaving. Or walking in, sit in the first class, then go back to the next leg and have to walk through first class to go to the back again. You know, that was, that was horrible to walk. Oh, you, I was here last leg and I can't do it again. You know, but you, you have that. And up front, they're, they're taking care of you. They're loving you. you got a special a, a waitress that takes care of everything. It's amazing. They give you, people are coming on and they're saying, hey, what do you want to eat? What do you want to drink? Whatever. What do you need? What do you, what? you got special to everything. Then you go past that little curtain. That curtain closes. And back there, best of luck to you. You know, do you get what you can get? You know, you know, and they're busy. You know, but but it, it has different classes of tickets based on how much you pay, right? Um, and it, it it does not make the first class any better because I'm a nobody and I sat up there, right? You know, there's actually people who sit in the back that's more rich and got better positions than people up in first class. Okay, so it doesn't. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not a class thing like a society thing. It's just the the ticket that he bought. So I found something that was so interesting to me. And can I have one of those little tickets there? And just if you can get somebody to help you pass those out in just a second, not yet. Bruce, maybe you can come up and grab those from them. Recently, I came across something from a stagecoach, the stagecoach era. You know, you ever watch the Wild Wild West? You know, I love, I love Jim and the Wild Wild West, him and Artie. Um, you know, I just love how they have that. And I love how when it goes to a commercial, it shows, you know, like there's, it pauses right where they were at and comes back and comes to life again. I just love that Wild Wild West thing. And then, you know, Will Smith came up and Will did the next one. You know, I didn't like it as much, but, but Will's, he, Will's a man. I, I like what he did with it. He, he did good. But in 1800s, actually in 1877, in the Oha, uh, Omaha Herald, Omaha Herald sums up the expectations if you have a third-class ticket on the stagecoach. There's a first, second, and third class ticket on stagecoach based on how much you pay, right? Um, and this, I, got, I got a little ticket here that I printed out for everybody. It's a third class ticket. But if you buy a third class ticket, here's what, here's what they said in the Ohama Herald. <laughs> it 
This is true. This is so true. Look it up. Never imagine for a moment that you're going on a picnic. Expect annoyance, discomfort, and some hardships. That's what they were telling people about the third-class tickets. So I, we looked up the third-class tickets, I mean, the different tickets. So what happened was, on a stagecoach, if you, if you had a first-class tickets and a, feel, a, wheel, a wheel fell off, or um, they got stuck in mud, you got to get off. I mean, I mean you got to stay on, on, on the stagecoach. You got to just sit there. You know, y'all pushed me, whatever. I bought a first class. I had my money. I paid for it. I got, you know, whatever. Okay, the second class, they, they had to disembark. They couldn't stay on with the first class. They had to disembark, and they had to go over there, and they just didn't have to do nothing. They just had to watch or maybe walk alongside if, you know, if, if they couldn't go. Okay, now, the third class, the third class ticket holders had to disembark and push out of the mud or uphill without complaints. That's what it says. That's what it says. You know, that's amazing. I got a ticket for y'all. Right, right after I read this next scripture, I got warnings for every one of you. Because I want you to, you're like, well, why would I want to do that? Well, because Jesus did that. Jesus was God, right? God in flesh. Jesus had absolutely the most first, first class, premium, platinum upgrade ever. He had number one, he had the top ticket that you could ever have. And he gave his ticket in and said, I want a third class ticket, please. I want to serve. I don't want to just sit around and do nothing. I don't want to sit around and, and just sit here and let everybody serve me. I don't want to just get off and, and show up and then watch everybody else work. I want to put my hand to the plow. So what did he say here um, in uh, John chapter 13, 1, 4, 5, 12, 15, 12 through 15 and 17. You can go back and read in, in, in between there in a minute, but I want to just show you the highlights of the scripture. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew his hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father. He loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Okay, stop, pause, wait a minute. Did y'all just hear what he just said? Let me read it again. He had loved the disciples during his ministry, but now he loved them to the very end. Jesus will love you to the very end. And when you get to the end, the, he will always be further. You never get to the end of his love. His love is bigger than, 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 than infin infinity and beyond. You, you, gotta, you can never get to the end of his love. So God will love you to the very end. Okay? So he put up, so he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured a base of water in the basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel that he had around them. Okay? This is God. This is God in flesh bowing down and washing feet. And, and he, after, after washing his feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? Do you get what I just did? Do you, do you, guys, do, do you see what I just did? Do you get it? I, I, know, I know you saw me do it, but are you understanding what I just did? Okay. Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord. I'm first class, right? And yes, you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to watch each other, wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. That's a command. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. God says, do as I've done, and now when you do that, I'll bless you. God says, go ahead and turn in your first class ticket and get a third class ticket. 
get out and serve and help people, you know, because, because listen, you know, the pandemic has messed up a servant's heart. The pandemic has made it a, a, a selfish heart. Prior to pandemic, most of our, most of our, our, our groups had, you know, small groups were, were, were halfway filled, mostly filled, you know, you know, um, ushers, greeters, and, and uh, the, 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 the media team, all that stuff, and, and everything that we had was pretty much, all the teams that we had were pretty much close to being full and were running effective. You know, and you, and you always heard that 20% do 80% of the job. Well, post-COVID, 10% do 90% of the job. Because all of a sudden, the servant's hearts went out of the window. Nobody wants to help anymore. Nobody wants to do this. Nobody wants to do anything. I'll just stand here and watch. I want a first-class ticket. But he gave up his first-class ticket for a third-class ticket. You know what he did? He gave up his title for a towel. And he said, I want to serve. And I want you to serve. And if you serve, I'll bless you for it. So we had to go out and compel people to come. We've done that. We've put money to this uh, on, on Facebook, and we're getting it out there. People are coming, and, and uh, 90.5 is helping us, and, and we're doing all kind of great things. People are going to show up. They're going to show up. I've already seen it. If you go click on the, the, the 33 shares that we have so far, please go share it. But if you see, click on that, go look at the different types of people that have shared it. It was amazing. I was blown away by some of the people who shared it, getting the word out there for us. And this is an opportunity for us to come out here and serve our community and love on them and show them Kingdom Impact just does not have the name Impact just because it's cute. That we have that name because it's powerful and that's who we are. We are mighty and impact. We need people to give up the first class ticket and show up tonight at 5.30 and on Saturday and, 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 and have a third class ticket. And if you just give everybody one of go give everybody a ticket, if you would, you and Bruce. And if you don't want one, that's fine, but, but we just, I just want to give it to you so it can just be a reminder to you that, about a servant's heart. You can put it, on your, put it on your dresser or put it somewhere, and you can look at it on your mind. I need to serve. And my favorite part about this ticket is, you know, we, we, we all, including myself, we, I complain. We all complain, right? But it says that you've got to get out and push uphill without complaint. I just, I just love when they just threw that on there. But, we, you know, we all, we all do that. We all sometimes have a hard time with that. But I'm here to tell you, one of the greatest things that's going to bless you is for you to serve God. Serve our team. If you're like, hey, go back there today and talk, talk, to, talk to Cynthia and say, hey, I would love to serve on a team. So just, put, just have Pastor Doug call me. I'll call you up. We'll sit down. We'll talk to you about it. And we'll go over it. And we'll find out where you serve best. Our finance team needs help. All our teams need help. And so you just you sit there and you say, hey, I want to serve. Good, good tell her. And then there's a list out there also for you to serve, sign up for tonight and for Saturday. And it is so important for you to be here tonight. But if you just say, Pastor Doug, that I have other things planned, I just absolutely 100% cannot come tonight. Just let me know that and then still show up Saturday and we'll have, we'll have something for you to be able to do. But the more people that are here tonight is going to make it so much better and we're going to be able to serve our community so much more. It's about helping others, not just at church. I'm focusing right now on, on the, church, the service of the church. But also, I want to know that you can serve your neighbors. You can serve at your work. You can serve everywhere you're at. Please join with us today.
and, and, th and thank you to so many of you that are on the leadership team and financing and all you all y'all that have stepped up and actually took up even more slack I'm so honored of your service and several of y'all and I don't want to call names but y'all have just really stepped up and said you know what I'm gonna no, I'm gonna do it so let's just go to God in prayer right now and be, bow your head close your eyes is there anybody here today that say, Pastor Doug, I know you're talking about service and serving people, and that's cool. I want to do that. But before I do that, before I serve others, I, I need to serve God. Would you say tonight, today, somehow, that raise your hand and let me know that I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Before I serve others, I need to serve Jesus. I need Him to come into my heart. and I need Him to forgive me for my sins. And I want to get saved. Is there anybody at all that wants to receive Christ today? Okay, how many would say, Pastor Doug, this, this, this message from God really touched my heart, and I want to serve more. I want to be more of a servant. I want to take the load off of other people, and I want to be a part. Help me, you know, I, you're not committing to nothing right now. You're just saying, I want to do more. That Whatever that is, a little bit more, a lot more. Just raise your hand right now and say, I want to do more for God. I want to serve more. I want to help more. Amen, amen, amen. I see all your hands. Amen, brother. God bless you, friend. Thank you, Chris. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now for all that you've done. God, thank you, God, for a, a church of servants. God, that, that, that we're willing to get down and wash the feet of others. God, we got masks and we got other things that we, people need protecting and all that. But we're going to come and we're going to serve and we're going to give to our community. And you're going to pour out your blessings. This is something just out of nowhere, God. And it, it's just, it, it's, it's just going to be such one of the greatest things that we've ever done. And we want to continue to do it. God, even after this, Lord, our goal is maybe even to do one in the wintertime to help, the, help those that are cold and need a coat. But God, all I ask... All I ask, Father, from you is just for you to show up. That's all I want, for you to show up. Because if you don't show up, the whole thing is useless and, and, and meaningless. But if you show up, you're going to touch hearts. People are going to be saved, set free, and changed, and blessed. God, touch the people in this room. So many of them give so much. They give, have given beyond their ability. God, so many of them have just, have just wore themselves slap out trying to serve and trying to give and trying to help this church. God, I pray that you raise up other people around them in this room and online that are willing to help and, and do what they can do. We need servants. We need people who can help. We want to go to the next level, and we've got to have more help to do that. And we thank you, God, for all that you're going to do. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's, let's, get, let's give up our title for towel. I'll be the first one to trade my ticket in, and as your pastor, I'll be out hunting and grunting as hard as I can. I'm not going to sit back and let y'all do all the work. I'll be right in, right in the thick of it, 